0: In this episode, Gary Temple Bodley and I have a fun chat about all things Law of Attraction and how Faster EFT is being adopted as an excellent tool to overcome limiting beliefs. This was originally recorded for Gary's Law of Attraction Roundtable podcast. Enjoy.
1: What's the biggest obstacle to getting what we want? Limiting beliefs and expectations created by our past experiences. These limits create a subconscious attraction of what we don't want and block what we do want. But...
0: We can turn it all around with a powerful tapping tool called Faster EFT and leading edge law of attraction principles. In this podcast, life coach Mark Shahada explores both of these subjects with guests as well as performs tapping demonstrations and sessions. Listen in and see for yourself how it all works.
1: Welcome to the Tap It Out podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today with me is my good friend and fellow spiritual leader and teacher, Mark Shahada. Hi, Mark. Hello. Okay, so we just got on this call together, and I said, let's not even talk. Let's just go into it. We're getting into it. But I did ask you to prepare two hours in advance for this. Uh So did you do your preparations? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, you did some studying and... Studying... uh, meditate I meditated for an
0: hour wait it was an hour right meditate meditate yep, for an hour for an hour just so you're <clears> in then stand with my... source consciousness yeah yep good and then stand on my head and do yoga for how, what was it again two hours for that two hours for yoga yep. yeah two hours for yoga so
1: three hours total preparation We're, you're looking fit and do you have the quote of the day <laughs> <laughs> hold on let me get it <laughs> All right. This is funny because normally when you and I are on a podcast, we do it for like seven or eight hours straight and then That's we right. edit it down to like an hour just to get the best out of it. So yeah. if you're listening to this at home, anything that seems like a mistake isn't. This is yeah, this actually what we intended. Yeah, this right? is off the cuff. We're yeah. not going to edit this one down. No, but- we are. This will be seven or eight hours too. Oh, we're going to edit too? down to the best five minutes.
0: So this is like the, in total, it's like a 10 hour
1: half hour, that hour day with all prepare. the preparation. Yeah, yeah, total, yeah. Good. But hey, No, just busted. kidding. So we're just kidding. So anyway, this is just a fun conversation between two friends who <laughs> are preeminent spiritual leaders and teachers, the leaders of our fields. We're leading the mass consciousness from fear to love. It's a lot of burden on our shoulders here. But-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I have to tap on calling myself a spiritual leader.
1: I'm not... <clears throat> You're a spiritual leader and teacher, and so is everyone who's listening to this. I know, but the name. Nobody knows it, you know. Nobody knows it. (laughs) I don't even know it, right? Right. I'm exploring who I am as a spiritual leader and teacher. I didn't even realize that until this year, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I
0: like the idea that you can do it. I mean, I think it's a good place to be where you can do it. And feel okay with it. I don't think I'm there yet. Like, well, I guess it's just a name, right? Just saying does, it.
1: Does Deepak Chopra is he okay with it? I don't you know. know. Does he call himself that? Well, I don't know, but other people would. But that's the thing: is you know, <clears throat> what does the name really mean? Are we supposed to take it seriously? Um, aren't we all spiritualism teachers? Aren't we teaching by our example of alignment? You know, isn't right you know aren't we light workers in the sense that we're being an example of fun people who are interested in the laws of the universe who are doing what we do and the side effect of doing what we love to do is that maybe someone's getting some benefit from it maybe it's you know turning on the light inside of other people that's what light workers do is they turn the light on not by n- them needing our help in anything but right. just showing what's possible, yeah. You know, and so ever since I stepped into this role of being a spiritual leader and teacher, you know, everything starts happening. Like all these amazing things are happening. All these people are now coming into this community. The podcasts are going crazy. Uh, I'm, you know, the boot camp is going wild, and there's all these people from all over the world who are interacting with each other. People are taking trips to Europe and hanging out with friends that they met you know, through Joshua, it's just so cool. We're going to Europe, we're doing all that. We had a big retreat here. It was amazing. So it's like all this fun stuff. And and what it is, is me getting to wake up in the morning and go, I get to be Gary Temple Bodley. This is the most exciting person on the planet and I get to be that person. And each of us can do the exact same thing. And in the past, all I was doing was resisting who I was, thinking that I had to prove myself Right, by being a good person, or being in business, or making money, or whatever it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I definitely have resistance to that. I mean, so what comes to mind? The first one is, it sounds arrogant when I say, like, if I said it, um, and so that means uh, that's my resistance, like, you know, caring what people well, think.
1: Yeah, who does it sound arrogant to? It, does, it sounds obvious to me, and probably to a lot of people who follow you <clears throat> spiritually. I don't, I don't know if I resonate with the, that title. Well, Well, also, words have different meanings to different
0: people, right? Right. But I agree with everything you said. And then there's also maybe a resistance
1: of the responsibility with it, right? Well, that's – my responsibility is just to conduct my exploration. I have no other responsibility. People show up –
0: Perceived responsibility.
1: It's perceived responsibility. Yeah. People show up so that I get to practice being the spiritual leader and teacher, right? Yeah. And I'm not like any other I'm not like the Dalai Lama. I'm not like anyone else. I'm like the living this normal life as a normal guy who sifted and sorted through the traditional ideals of western society, figured out it doesn't work and it's not satisfying or fulfilling and then was led to this step by step just cuz I followed inspiration and I allowed myself to step into this role. And yeah. I processed my limiting beliefs all along the way. I didn't tell my brother that I was a channel until four years into it. Right. Yeah. I didn't post anything on my private Facebook page until this year about yeah. Joshua. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you know, I, I have been stepping more into like leadership role with uh, like the, the trainings I've been going to and all that. And so I'm working on that. I'm currently working on that and coming into it and feeling more comfortable. You know, I, I wore like a blazer and um that was like, you know, but, but what I did was I shopped and I got stuff that I was comfortable with, but still the first time I wore it, I just felt like who am I? Like there's just a thing where you have to step into and be comfortable with a certain role. And I think I'm moving into that
1: more and more and more. Everyone says who am I to do whatever yeah. they're inspired to do. Everyone says it. Everyone has doubts. And right. the doubts don't are of no benefit, you know. Yeah. I mean, on the flip side of it, you could be delusional <laughs> like certain presidents we know, you know, and think that, that you're the hottest thing on the world, so there's no self-reflective activity, but yeah. you know, we're doing that enough. We don't have to worry about it not being self-reflective. <laughs> this is We true. are overly self-reflective. Hold on please, I have a dog at the door. Here he comes. Hi Tucker. How are you? Tucker! Tucker, everyone,
0: wants to I, see you. I saw Tucker at the uh, dog park video. Like yeah. that was yesterday.
1: By the way, your blazer is that the profile picture of you now on Facebook? With yeah. speaking, it's an mm-hmm. awesome picture. Yeah, There's you look a good thanks. in a blazer.
0: Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, I'll tell you the story. It was pretty. It was pretty interesting because I, I've always had this thing where okay, if I want to wear a blazer, like Robert Smith from Faster AFT was saying, Mark, come on, you're gonna, you're, you're kind of helping me out here we you know you want to try on one of my blazers and I I, and I said to him if I want a blazer like I want it to fit right and I kind of want it to be cut I had this idea of how I'm how it's going to look and I don't want it to look stuffy and formal all that so I go shopping with Kelly I go into I think was Banana Republic this blazer it was kind of like a kind of a bluish blazer it fit me perfect right it's like the best fit of a blazer that i've ever had so things were just flowing and then i found these kind of flowery shirts oh perfect okay it's not too formal and so just the way it happened and came together for me it was like this is this is awesome this is just coming together perfectly so i'm flowing with it but i'm i'm still looking at it like looking at becoming more and more into this role that that we're talking about here
1: you never wore a suit and tie at work in old jobs
0: I mean, I have, you know, I actually have, uh, you know, I have, no, I I never have. And I also have ideas about that. Like it's stuffy,
1: formal, you know, and I had to work on that. I do too. I mean, I don't wear blazers or ties. I'll never wear a tie again. Yeah. I have ties, but I'm, you know, I had ties that were very expensive back in the old days, you know, and used to wear blazers all the time. I used to have my own tuxedo. Oh, I'm really? never doing that. I'm only wearing like what I have on that, which is a, which is nice. It's a long sleeve, you know, polo top. Yeah. And you can wear it here in North Carolina because it's 50 degrees. It's beautiful.
0: You could like wear it in you Florida. Dress.
1: You have great uh, taste, I think,
0: in clothes. And in friends. In friends. Especially <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah. But it felt good. It felt good to like, um, at first you don't feel comfortable with it. And then you kind of step into it, and then it, it just felt good to be able to move up that that step into okay, I can wear I can wear this, I can, and I can be comfortable with it and yeah. own it.
1: Well, that's true of everything that you try right. on and you're not used to, right? That's, that's you got to right. become a vibrational match to it, and you got to get a, give up your resistance to it. Yeah. And once you did, the universe came through Robert to 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 give you this idea. Yeah. You had some resistance to it, but you you pushed past whatever the fear was. Yeah. You became a vibrational match to it. Everything went easily. And then wasn't it great? Now it's your profile picture. And everyone loves it. That's you. great. Yep.
0: And you know, also speaking up there, speaking at these trainings, speaking more and more in public. And and you remember when I first started doing the podcast with you, that was really uncomfortable for me
1: too. So well, here's the guy who calls me and says, I want to be on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? I was pushing past my fear about it. Yeah, you pushed past your fear. You were inspired to do it and you push past your fear.
0: I thought you guys were the coolest podcast ever. I just loved you guys. Like, I want to be a part of this somehow. That's how I mean how, man. Uh, Michael
1: came in too. Michael did the yeah. same thing. Yeah.
0: Remember I got when I came to that first cruise, I didn't know any I didn't know you guys. I was the lone dude like meeting you guys for the first time. And that's how much I that's how much I liked you guys. You know? Well that's
1: pretty much everyone's story. Everyone comes either, mostly they come by themselves. A couple of people come with friends, you know, and then they get to meet these, this whole community of people. And it's so much fun. I mean, are those things any more fun? Can you even imagine? We had the October event here uh, about a month ago, and it was just amazing. People from uh, Sweden and Netherlands And all over America, you know, people flew here from Europe and California and drove here from wherever and everyone got together and everyone just loved each other. It was so cool. How,
0: so how was it like, were you able to just, cause you're, you're hosting and it's a lot of responsibility for you guys. Were you able to just enjoy it to the max? Did you have any, you know? Manifestation events? Manifestation uh, events? Yeah.
1: We had one. We hired a driver. It was actually um Oh, I heard the story. Yeah, Tracy's daughter's boyfriend. Right. And Tracy's daughter had gone back home. So Dylan had done a lot of work around the house getting us ready. He's an awesome guy. And so he was going to be the driver. So he his first day, he goes to the airport and picks people up and shuttles them back and forth in the escalade. And then he ends up hanging out with us and we're, it's, you know, first night's pizza night so I'm making all these different pizzas for everyone <clears> and we have <throat> pizzas and wings and salads and, you know, finger food and stuff. And everyone's getting to know each other and it's fun and there's tons of wine going on, you know, so everyone's having a good time. So he's hanging out with everyone else and and he's young, 20, early 20s. And then he brings in a gigantic bong <laughs> starts <laughs> smoking pot, right? Yeah. And it's like... It was like this is our driver, and so I said. Yeah. So Tracy had to say, "Oh, the insurance said that you couldn't drive in the van, right?" So then uh-huh. I had to do all the driving in the van, which is fine. It worked out great. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. and we were planning to go to to wineries every day, but people have so much fun just hanging out here at the house because this house is as nice as any winery we're going to. Right. And uh, we built this old window greenhouse. I saw so I this, saw I watch a lot of the video the Facebook lives so yeah. I was able to look
0: look at a lot of it.
1: Yeah. So we had dinner <laughs> there's 25 people in dinner there and we also used wow. that as the workshop room in the mornings to do Joshua live and meditations. Um, yeah. we had a guy come and play a phenomenal uh, singer guitarist could come on Saturday night and play. It was yeah. just great. We had so much fun. And I cooked everything. Oh man. And that You know, and that was an, it was sort of off the cuff, like started Thursday. And so like Wednesday, I went to Sam's club and got all this food and just got a bunch of everything and then just put it together on the fly. And so it all worked out great. But next time I will definitely have an assistant, you know, and I'll also have a lot of stuff prepared ahead that we'll just throw in the oven, but everything was made from scratch, you know, it was fun. So everything, everything worked out great. We're having another one in April. Uh huh. So, so other than that, other than
0: him him bringing that bong, you're just able to like enjoy it and no pressure and no stress
1: and, and, and any of that. That's just how I do things now. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I don't, why stress? Because stress is the perception that something wrong could happen. Yeah. But if you don't believe that there is such a thing as wrong, right. Then how, then if you're not, focusing on this thing that's wrong that could possibly happen that's right right everything works out yeah and so um you know when i think the first night was it the first night the first night um my friend chris is here he went to the boot camp in the first group or the second group and he lives around here and uh, so he he was over and daniel uh was one of the attendees. And Daniel's walking from the backyard up to the house There's stairs going up to the house. And he slipped and conked his head on the sidewalk right? and just gushing blood everywhere. And this, I just was there and Chris was there and we took care of him and he had a little, you know, cut in his head and he had a good story to tell. Yeah. But it, still no big deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, well one, in that group, no one's freaking out. Yeah. Even him, he's he's not embarrassed. You know, it may be a little bit embarrassed in the beginning, but, you know, it's just it's just so loving and supportive. Right. Anything that would go wrong in that group of people, they would know it's simply their manifestation of it. So, right. So the idea that it's not what happened, but it's what the, your
0: reaction to what happened and the meaning you put on it. And and so it happened to you guys. He probably felt so relaxed to be around you guys because you guys aren't know, freaking making a out. big deal of freaking right. out yeah. yeah well I've been seeing myself in these trainings the more I more I go and I've been you know I've been assisting and I've been doing sessions <clears throat> dealing with that idea of of um, perceived stress and it's gonna you know the because everyone wants to talk to you and you're in this training all day and then you're doing sessions after and i've been I've been working on it and each time I do it I get better at it and, and more comfortable my goal is to have fun. I have this thing called easy, light, fun, which is Elf. And it reminds me of the movie Elf, which is one of my favorite movies. And it's just kind of like my mantra, easy, light, fun is what I want, you know. And so my goal is to do that in any situation I'm in, anywhere I'm, uh, I'm into. So I'm just stretching myself that
1: way. And that's totally aligned with who you truly are. Yeah. You know, you and I are fun Guys, and we laugh all the time, and we're silly as hell. Right. How many other guys our age are like that? Everyone's so serious, right? This is true. Easy, light, fun. <clears throat> Isn't that? Fun? I'm making everything easy, light, fun, it's all up to me to do it, you know? Yeah. And when I make things easy, light, and fun, everyone else has fun, too. Totally. You know? I mean, life is too short, man. Yeah. You know. Well, you asked me, too, when I'm cooking, and do I get, you know upset if it's not good or, or excited if it is good <clears throat> if people like it or don't like it right. right so you're cooking for a group of people they're always going to like it they're never going to tell you they don't like it right so so that's placing how you feel on this outcome and the outcome will be whatever it is so you don't have to get attached to it now if i thought oh they're going to like me more if i'm a better cook wow. then i would stress out about everything right If I think it is what it is and they're either going to like it or not like it and I'm not in control of their perception of it and it doesn't mean anything about me anyway. If they love it, it doesn't mean I'm a good guy. And if they hate it, it doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. I'm not attached to that. I used to be absolutely attached 100% to what people thought of my cooking because I envisioned or fashioned myself as this good cook and so I would just freak out all the time. And now I just don't care. I have so much fun. Yeah. Someone else. That's a great way to that's a great way to put it because that's the same
0: thing with anything, like you know, me speaking in public or me speaking at these trainings more and more. And the more I do it and just be silly and just be myself and and, and have jokes, the more I can and I guess what it is, is not giving a shit what anyone thinks. And having
1: fun. On the live attraction cruise. The last day of it, David and I were going to do our sessions, right? The night before, I wrote a PowerPoint presentation. Right. And we get there, remember? Yeah. And there's no lights on the stage. Yeah. And there's no screen. There's no projector. There's not <clears throat> even a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, me and David were like, all right, Whatever. And so I just put the laptop up and I just hit the buttons and I just gave my presentation. And I, at the end of it, I go, man, that was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Or, Man, that was pretty good. Remember, It was. I, I got to say I was in awe of you guys. Yeah. I mean, you're a really, really good speaker and so comfortable. And uh, I, you know, I was so impressed. Why I'm comfortable is because I do not care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're a public speaker for a professional, right? Yeah. You say, If it's not good, people aren't going to want to come see me again, and that might affect my income. Right. So you have all this attachment to all that stuff, and what you're doing is you bring fear into that. Right. And you're not connecting with anyone because you have an agenda. The agenda is to be this polished speaker. Right. My agenda is just to have fun, and so I'm naturally connecting with everyone else who wants to have fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like as I was working on it, like I've tapped on it. And, you know, what you do is I tap on, I, I write down the list of things, of the resistance, like I'm going to forget my place. I'm going to, I have these beliefs, limiting beliefs, like I'm not a great speaker. I, I'm not great off the cuff. I'm going to be pausing. I'm going to lose my place. I'm going to be nervous. They're going to know I'm nervous. There's a lot of shit
1: that we do to ourselves. But all that stuff is conditioned on an outcome you want, you think you want, Right. So if you just drop that outcome altogether and say it doesn't matter, it doesn't mean yeah. anything, right? then you can't get nervous if you can drop the out- attachment to the outcome. Yeah. And if you were to say, however it goes will be the best way it can go. And I'm going to do whatever I can to maintain my alignment, that's the only important thing. Yeah. And In living easy, light, fun, I have the best chances of maintaining that alignment. And in that alignment, I'm going to receive inspiration to be funny and yeah. to remember everything. You only forget things when you're in fear. In alignment, you have totally. access to the source consciousness where all the information you need is contained. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I have a lot of appreciation for, for Robert because what he would do is he makes everybody on, you know, it's a week training, and on Friday he makes everyone go up and, and do something, do a spiel, do something, and um, – for I guess maybe three months ago was maybe the first time that I actually enjoyed getting up there and speaking. Like yeah. and I, like and I told them, and I tell I tell the people I'm tell you know I t- when I'm speaking I I explain it too is that I'm enjoying this for the first time, and it feels good
2: yeah. to enjoy
0: it. Yeah. Before I was just kind of very self conscious, kind of nervous and getting through it type of thing. And well, I'm more <laughs> introverted, you know, and so yeah, right. I don't believe that. <laughs> Really? <laughs> not at oh, all. Yeah. I have a total Oh, uh,
1: you're a super introvert who goes on a cruise by himself who doesn't know anyone. <laughs> that's that's the that's the dictionary uh, of – that's the example of what an introvert is. No. You are an extrovert. You have tons of friends. You speak in public for a living. You're a life coach. You have a podcast. You do all these things, right? Yeah. 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 You are not an introvert. You're an extrovert. I have been more extroverted and more extroverted as I do this work. Right. Absolutely. Your natural state is an extrovert. Your fear-based uh-huh. state is an introvert. Because yeah, you I are like that. fear of what you'll feel if you receive negative feedback, That's that right. emotion, right? Yeah. Now, if you know that the emotion is simply your uh, limited perspective of what's happening mm-hmm. compared to your inner self's perspective of what's happening, then it's nothing more than guidance. And so you don't have to be worried about negative emotion.
0: Yeah, I like that. Have you heard the definition, like an introvert? How they, how an introvert reenergizes is to be alone, and how an extrovert reenergizes, or you know, uh, yeah, reenergizes, or rejuvenates, is to be around other people.
1: Well, so what is the energi- energy that's coming from? It's <clears throat> always coming from your connection to your inner self, right? And so, introverts feel fear when they're with people. And so when they're alone, that fear is gone. And so they're Mm. connected to their source energy. Right. 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 And extroverts feel fear when they're alone. Oh, interesting. Right. And so they feel natural connection to source energy when they're with people. I never heard it put that way. That's really, really good. Yeah. So everyone's natural state is to be in alignment. Right. Right instead of hiding out against what they're afraid of. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you're not processing your limiting beliefs, you're going to feel fear anytime you push outside your comfort zone and you're going to want to withdraw, you know. Yes. And don't you notice as older people get older, as people get older, they become more extroverted. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Like, you know, no, they, they are more sensitive to negative emotion. And they withdraw and live smaller lives. Oh, you said in, you said they become more introverted. Introverted, right? Oh, yeah. Did I screw that up? Sorry. Oh,
0: I don't know. Some pe- I don't know. I, I, let me see. Have I noticed that? It depends, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah. So my dad was this dad and mom were these brave young couple who moved from South Africa to Vancouver. Uh, yeah. They had parties. They had friends and everything. Both ended up living alone. Right. Yeah. Now both you know in their apartments, not doing anything. Yeah, and you know, not having friends, not having romantic relationships, not because they were so in fear, their limiting beliefs got stronger and stronger and stronger.
0: Yeah, life can beat up on people, and they be, they lose their zest, their young, their youthful zest. Yeah, I mean that's always been my my goal is to keep try to keep that as much as we can, and look at kids. I I always learn from kids. Sure, you
1: know? that's and, yeah. how we naturally are, right? Curious, fun, laughing. Yeah. It's a good conversation to have this because
0: I think this thing about being a a spiritual leader or to be authentic is to be our, you know, our bigger selves. And so for people listening, it's super important to, to move towards being our bigger self, our authentic self.
1: Yes, to everyone is moving, you know in generality, from fear to love over lifetimes. And mm-hmm. so we want to move as much into love from fear as we can in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that is just realizing that who you are is good enough. You don't have to be better to do anything you want to do. You can yeah. create whatever you want. You are that you know, worthy, magnificent, limitless being now who just doesn't think so. So you right. are the spiritual leader and teacher now and you're exploring that and you're gonna, you gonna—you may never label yourself that because you like another label, but mm-hmm. you're becoming more authentic and and how you're doing that is by pushing past all these different fears that are, were would have held you back in the past. That's right, yeah. And then your life's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and, and it's more satisfying, more enjoyable, oh more God. abundant, more free. But it's not free from fear. More fear comes up because as you move to these other levels, you have to look at deeper held limiting beliefs to become who you authentically are. So it's always this process of of going to one stage of of expansion and then seeing a whole new group of limiting beliefs right there and then putting that into context, realizing they're all false and then doing whatever you're inspired to do.
0: I like that. You know, um, have you heard of Abraham's steps, right? So Abraham's step is, the, you know, step one is to ask, and that just happens naturally. Step right. two is the universe provides. Right. Step three is to allow and, right. and feel good and allow. Then she added a, st- a step four. Step four is the mastery of step three, right? Just be good at allowing, right. you know, and, you know, just work that and master it. Now, she also added a step five last few years. And, and step five is being okay when you're back in step one. Yeah. Which means <clears throat> um, looking at the manifestation events that happen to us and not freaking out. Right. And I really feel that I'm, I'm there, like in step five, because, like, let's say, again, like, these trainings provide lots of ways for me to grow and look at my limiting beliefs and look at some of, the, some of these things. And when things come up, like I've had like relationships, things with certain people getting triggered, and um, it's challenge. It could be challenging. But what I would do is I would see that in, okay, and I would say opportunity to go home and tap on it, change a memory, uh, change my. You know, I'm acting like my my dad, or I'm being triggered because she's reminding me of my mom, or you know things like that. And so I go and I work on it and I, and I kind of, I almost get excited about it, but yeah. I don't let the step one or the manifestation event, um, I don't freak out right. with it. And, it, and then life becomes magical because you're not, you're not spiraling down. You're not staying a lot of spending a lot of time spiraling down.
1: Yes. And you're looking at the event from an objective position yeah. of this is the, I'm the creator of my reality. Right, And so this event had to happen for me to look at something. Exactly. And so I'm not saying that that person's wrong or I'm wrong. I'm just saying that I have a perspective that's limiting. Why did I choose a limited perspective? And what if I chose a higher perspective on this thing? You know? Yeah. I say this to people all the time. It's like something bad happened today. It's unlikely you'll remember it in a month. And in a year, you'll never remember it. Right. You know? That's how yeah. minor that is from that perspective. You won't even yeah. remember it in a year and you think it's terrible right now. That's been huge for me, that time perspective that you and Joshua
0: talk about. The idea of perspective, yeah. like a problem now in a year from now, a month from now, it won't even seem like a problem. And to remember that and
1: be Which, aware of that. The reason that is is because it never was a problem. Right. It was just Perception. from your perspective you thought it was going to lead to something else that never came. You know? Yes, yeah um so so what happens now when you have something that triggers you you do you realize you're looking at it from a limited perspective and then you change your perspective
0: <clears throat> yeah you know i I ask myself "It's well it yeah, I mean, that's generally what I do, but I ask myself well what's going on what's what am i you know I mean I use my training and i we have a series of questions that we look at. You know, when have I experienced this before? What does this remind me of? Yeah. Right. And then, oh, okay. Uh, my mom was my mom was needy and mani- and I my I perceive my mom to be needy and per- and uh, manipulative. Needy, and manipulative. So, so then I go, oh, I got a I got some work to do on my mom, and I got some memories to change and and how I how I perceive my mom. I always take it as, it's my responsibility. I have these judgments. I have these perceptions. Per- perceptions, and I have these beliefs, limiting beliefs. So yeah. it is limiting beliefs.
1: And so and then, do these things...
0: And then once I change those memories and things like that with my mom and my beliefs about my mom and different memories, then just, then I don't get triggered because I don't have that... Um, it's like a chip. On, it's having a chip on your shoulder.
1: Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So what about uh, of these limiting beliefs, when you're mm-hmm. tapping... Mm -hmm. what percentage of them come from childhood? Shit. (laughs) Almost all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And how many of them come from this feeling of unworthiness? (sighs) Seems like when you get down to it, if you get down to it, is is the root.
0: I don't know. I mean, I I don't, let me think. I I, I need to think about that more because I haven't pinpointed it that way. I just, I look at it as certain experiences that Mm -hmm. shaped and 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 certain programming that shaped how i am my my beliefs and my perceptions yep.
1: but yeah. that programming led everyone on this trajectory that they're on mm-hmm. and it was all part of the course you know sure it's like i uh you know it's i love what listening to joe rogan show and talking about comedians the worst thing the experience you can ever have is bombing on stage right and, and if you're going to stick, you know, most comedians quit, right? The vast right. majority, 99% of them. But right. if you're going to stick with it, you're going to have to take a look at everything about yourself. Right. And the desires that are birthed out of that negative emotion lead to brilliant right. comedy, you know, lead yeah. to success eventually. I agree. You know, we don't, we don't
0: wish our past away. Or we don't wish traumas or whatever away like we don't wish it would never happen. we just kind of go back and make peace with it and uh <clears throat> and change it to now what do i want that was cool for what it was now what do i want right
1: i've experienced this enough before yeah i've had enough experience with that now what do i want to experience yeah exactly yeah well what people do is they tend to use those those events of their youth as excuses why they can't live the life they want to live now. Totally. It's, so those, regret, it's blame. Right. If I had this parents, I would have been this. If this didn't happen to me, you know, they use their imagination saying, if that didn't happen, then my life would have been better. Yes. Or if that did happen, my life would have been better. Right? Absolutely. Which, which now you're just using your imagination in an in a unempowering way. Absolutely. Yeah, what I do with them, a
0: lot of my clients is we'll, we'll everything, anything that has happened to you, we say, "What's the gift? Where's the gift?" Yeah. And and when we're tapping out the hurt and the regret and and the anger, whatever's there, then the we kind of we kind of um, lead them to the gift. Yeah. And then, but they're not able to see the gift until they until they tap out the other shit that's fogging it all. Yeah. And then once they, oh yeah, and it's I, oh my god, it's so awesome because I see it all the time once we tap down the hurt and the some bother the part that bothers them and the anger then th- the fog clears and they're able to see the gifts and they're able to see oh my mom wasn't that bad oh this oh I do remember her doing nice things for me right yeah sure things
1: like that the time yeah
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. it's just interesting how that just kind of keeps you stuck
1: yeah I had You know, I have this belief about my mother. She was absolutely, totally controlling. Right. And I have these events in my childhood that I would always use as a crutch. Like one of them was, um, I'm five or six years old. We walked to the grocery store, which is maybe, I don't know, I can't tell, but maybe it was a mile away or half a mile away. And... I get lost, and I got lost all the time when I was a kid, all the time. In you did, yeah, all the time. Okay. So I go find a manager, and he's—I'm hanging out with him in the office, and he's calling my mom, calling my mom. She never comes, mm-hmm. and so I go, okay, well, I just guess I'll go home now. And so I'm five years old. He goes, okay, go home. This is Vancouver, right. and so I walk home. I don't really know which way home is, but I walk in the right direction. And then I see her up ahead walking with my little brother yeah. in a cart, you know, uh-huh. so I got to run up to them. She's just walking home. To them. Who would do that? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Who well, would I'm using this? this as my excuse that I'm right. not loved and I'm on my own in the world. Right. Yeah. I was watching a great documentary about, uh, this amazing chef who's super famous. And I can't remember his name now. Um, and he had a story when he was a kid, where they're on vacation and they're in some island. Uh, and he wanders off down the beach and meets this fisherman who just caught a big fish. And he's just hanging out with this guy, and the fisherman shows him how to cut open the barracuda, and then they cook it. And he got you got know, some stuff from the to put in the fish, and they eat dinner. And then he's, it's dark. And then he just leaves and goes, finds his, goes back to the hotel. And his parents are in this party, didn't even know he was gone.
2: <laughs>
1: and then yeah. he's then they're off on some trip. There's a wealthy family. They're off in some other trip. And they're living in this hotel for months and months. And he walks down to lunch one day. And the parents are there and they're like, they're like, Why are you here? <laughs> and he's like, What do you mean? He goes like how come you're not in school? It's like, none of the parents remember to enroll them in school. <laughs> 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 my So it's like, I had those experiences. And then you can use those experiences to say, I had a terrible childhood. But right. on the other hand, my mother used to make these phenomenal, extravagant, awesome birthday parties for us. Yeah. And all our friends yeah. would come over and we'd have these treasure <laughs> hunts and the presents were great and the games were great. You know, right. there were certain things that she was amazing at. Right. Yeah. And it's You what, always like to pay attention to the things that you thought were bad.
0: Exactly. I was going to say, it's what you focus on.
1: Yeah. So
0: how did you get over that? A lot of these things about with your mom and, and things like that.
1: I had this idea of <laughs> who I was from a young age. Right. You know? And so I didn't take anything. I mean, I was very sensitive. Oh, you were but, sensitive. Yeah. Everyone who's in this Joshua community is sensitive. Okay. We, you only get here by being sensitive. So I was, extremely sensitive, but I sort of knew that I could handle myself, you know? So I had a, and I think that probably led to a lot of confidence. Anyway, these things, this thing that happened. Yeah. Didn't turn out bad getting lost in a store dozens of times. It all worked out. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how you could have like a, let's say a twin brother who can go through those very same experiences and just, Really have it really affect
1: their lives. Well, my brother is two years younger than me, and it really affected his life. I mean, uh, when my mother and father were divorced, my mother left to go to New York, and we stayed with my dad, and I was thrilled. I was 13 years old because freedom. she was very controlling, and I had a lot of freedom. He yeah. was not, you know. Yeah. He was, you know, my, his mom was leaving, and so he had terrible, you know, not terrible. He had a strained relationship with both of them his entire life. Interesting. And they had major problems and I was always the one that, you know, was okay with everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to me, everything worked out perfectly. It worked out yeah. brilliantly. I wouldn't want to change a thing. So, yeah. well, you know, I went to high school and I'm in 12th grade. My dad got a job in Connecticut. We're in Boca Raton. So he's let us stay in the Condo and got us a roommate, a guy, a young guy that he worked with. So this guy's in his twenties or something. And so that guy's got the master bedroom. Super nice guy. He's sort of watching over us, and he's paying us rent weekly, so we have an allowance. But otherwise, we're quite free. I'm in in senior year, and my brother's in eleventh grade. My mother's in New York at the time. So high school graduation comes along, and none of them come down to see it. I'm the this is a huge high school yeah, and there might be 500 kids in a graduating class, gigantic mm. uh, in an, in a arena, like a net basketball arena where, yeah. I mean, uh, like where they have concerts and stuff slowly fold, sold out. All yeah. these parents and family are there. I'm the literally the only person without parents there. To, oh man. You know? And then I graduated college. The same thing First oh, person man. In, my, in my grad, in my family to graduate college. No one comes to show up for that. So how, so how did that affect you? How did you feel then? At the time, I yeah. didn't it didn't bother me. Only no with, oh, I was with all my friends. It was great. Their parents were my friends, you know. Wow. But and I was I wanted to live, in, you know, I could have he could have forced me to go to Connecticut. Yeah. And I would have been in 12th grade in the new school rather than, yeah. than allowing me to stay there, you know. So so uh-huh. the benefit of being able to be free in 12th grade yeah, was so much better than this thing. And I could only use that as an excuse why I'm not loved, right? If yeah. you love me, you would have done that. Well, that carries right. on to a relationship, you know? Sure. You're now dating someone and you don't open the door for them and they say to you, if you love me, you would have done this. Well, you just have to do everything then. Think 50 <laughs> steps ahead. Right. No, it just everything works out as it's supposed to work out. Yeah. And you're prepared for everything that comes to you. So I was prepared, it didn't bother me at the time. Only looking back could I use it as an excuse to have resentment. Right. But in actuality it was fine. It was one night, big deal. So that so that kind of that speaks
0: to um just the way you, your thought process, you didn't, you didn't sit there and get in your mind and, and look at and compare yourself to other people and go, wow, everyone's parents are you – could, you, you could have let that really affect you and just yeah. get upset. No one's there for me. And you just thought, saw the benefit of, no, I'm happy. I have my freedom. I'm here. I'm having fun with my friends. So you're yeah. kind of doing – you're kind of focusing on what you want and, you know, and
1: not what you don't want right back then. And I'm not using – I mean, I was – I would say, I would tell that story to people just to get like sympathy, you know? Oh, right. But it, that's all that was, right? And, and that's a limitation, Yeah. you know? Having this belief system that you weren't loved when absolutely you were loved, right? As best right. they could love you. The best they could. And you say you weren't loved. And then you have to say, well, if I wasn't loved, that means I'm flawed in some way. Oh right? yeah, and it's because of this flaw that I wasn't loved, so I'm damaged goods. That's why I wasn't loved. Then that's where unworthiness comes from, and all this stuff. Oh yeah, it could be a whole thing. I'm not loved, so like,
0: <clears throat> like you can be mad at God for that or the universe. Like it's not fair. What you know, you feel like a little bit of a curse on you.
1: Yeah, and but all I think I don't know for sure, but I assume that everyone has to come back to say i'm flawed the reason i'm not loved is cuz i'm not good enough mhm yeah. in this society anyway because we're all taught to be good all the
0: time and then that's what you, then that's how you you live your life on that basis of i'm right. not
1: good enough and then you try to improve yourself yeah. but you were never flawed in the first place right it wasn't you it was what they were going through.
0: You so know? you get the nice car, you get the nice house to impress people,
1: to prove that you're not flawed. You get the degrees. Right. And then you still feel flawed. Right. And then you, so you want to say, okay, well, I got to do something more. I got to do something more. I got to yeah. do something more. I got to keep going. Or you start drinking or whatever it is, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And, but, you know, all of us have that in our lives. And those of us, who are drawn to this information have done so because of experiences like that. Sure. Cause that's created the trajectory and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else than here. Yes. I would not want to be living my old fake life, trying to prove I'm worthy. Um, even though it looked great from the outside, you know, this is the thing success is never measured by this, idea of what western society thinks is good and successful no matter it doesn't matter how much money you have how many friends you have how much time you have how much good health you have none of that matters unless you feel good so the whole thing is about feeling good right because that's all we're doing anyway is feeling something that's right yeah
0: i'm 100 with you on
1: that um one of the women in the this in the boot camp sent me this email and said she had this inspiration while walking her dog is to have a conversation with an intelligent skeptic and her husband is this intelligent skeptic. He's a lawyer. And so we're going to have a podcast with a skeptic tomorrow, me and him.
0: You're going to have uh, the whole time you're going to be with him. And so he's going to question everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And you know what the, the beginning thing is that I'm going to say is I don't want you to believe any of this. I don't oh. care if you do or not. Right? Yeah. It's going to be hard to have a debate with someone who does not care if you, if you get what I'm saying. If, oh, that's right. Yeah. If you adopt my beliefs or not, I don't care.
0: Because then all of a sudden, then you kind of disarm them that way. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I don't want you to believe it. I, and I'm going to say everything you think is right from your perspective. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. Well, to think about like how like we're the same age, and so our and like the the thing about a lot what you were describing as far as your high school and your is similar to my experience um, as far as my 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 dad and my parents coming to like my games and my uh, musical performances they didn't really right and being able to walk around and getting lost and I had a similar experience with my mom like took we went shoe shopping and then she left me so. You compare that to parents now who are kind of helicopter, helicopter, and so much in their kids. And so, uh, talking about gifts of, of our past, there's gifts in both, right? Yeah. But the gifts of independence and learning that, oh, we can be reliant on ourselves.
1: Yes. Well, here's right. the thing is that in order to expand and to, I, and to see ourselves from a new perspective, we have to go through obstacles and manifestation events. Right. And our parents couldn't, to... couldn't control us enough that we wouldn't because they didn't have access to us most of the day. Right. And when my parents got divorced, I was literally on my own from the time I rode my bike to school till maybe if my dad came home for dinner or if he went out on a date, maybe I'd just see him the next day. So literally that whole time. Yeah. And so I was having manifestation events and overcoming obstacles and doing these things. And he was unable... To change that. Right. But my friends' parents, I mean, my friends who are parents now literally go out of their way to iron out any possible manifestation event. Yeah. The kid cannot, if there's <laughs> any problem at all, the parents solve it for them. You know, Right. They, even Tracy with her kids, it's like, you know, if they have a little problem, you can't just say, deal with it, which is what my father would have said. Right, You know, you don't have money for this thing you want to go to? Get a Whatever. job. Don't go. <laughs> Get a job, right? Deal with it. You yeah. uh, car broke down? Deal with it. You got a ticket? Deal with it. You know, right. They exactly. were not solving any problems because those, those issues that we were facing, we needed to face them to grow and become who we are. And so I don't know, you know, and they, the kids are fine. They're doing great, you know, but yeah. they're going to have to go, you know and and discover these things and so they're not doing it when they're you know kids Younger, they're going to be doing right. it when they're in their 20s yeah yeah
0: yeah life will catch up and you'll start to, you'll it'll come one way or another
1: yeah but they seem like they're better prepared for it cuz they don't care about the things we cared about like That's all true, these yeah. kids that i know who are now coming 16 17 they don't care about getting a license my niece who's has a kid married and is got to be in her late 20s doesn't have a license you mean a driver's license yeah doesn't uh, have it or, she really doesn't drive doesn't have a car doesn't care right and all these kids are like yeah i'll get a license whenever um and me i was there at 15 and a half exactly that day you know oh uh, you're right I yeah wait <laughs> to get my permit yeah totally yeah the
0: other thing you can compare is um the idea of going to a job. So, so for you and I, um, I mean, we're entrepreneurs and we've, had our, we've done our own thing for many, many years, but have you've had jobs, right, in the past?
1: Yeah, when I was 15.
0: Yeah. Okay, 15.
1: 15 and, so, and 16. And that's it? Okay. And then I was a waiter. I, didn't, I never considered that a job because I could be a waiter anywhere and I was really working for the customer, for the tips. Now, oh, okay. F- it didn't matter what the restaurant was. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: our generation kind of, we have the idea of, Loyalty to a company, paying your dues, sticking it out, not maybe not enjoying a job that much or in the beginning, um, but you just kind of stick it out and you kind of suffer along in a way. Totally. And and then the, today's generation, to generalize, is if they don't like it, they're out of there, or Absolutely. they don't put up with a lot of shit. They shouldn't. And I we think and it is our so generation has healthier. Yeah, I think it's so much too. But we have a lot of our generation has a lot to say about that. Oh, they're spoiled. The millennials—they don't know anything.
1: They, you know, so every know. generation said that about the next generation. Every generation, you generation. know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and and really, if you look prior to the '50s, people, no matter where they lived in the world, didn't have a lot of control. You know, they weren't making a lot of money. They weren't. They didn't. They were. They felt so fortunate to have any job. Yeah, and to have anything, and so now in the 50s, they're buying houses in the suburbs and cars, and they're feeling really good because they're doing better than the parents who went through the depression. And then the 70s, there's a big generation gap there because the kids in the 70s could see how that lifestyle of the 50s was bullshit, and right. then it's getting more <laughs> and more and more so, seeing yeah. that the old, you know. Now that we have so much control, people are realizing that control is illusion of control it's, yeah it doesn 't work you can 't control anything and so, to try to control more and more and more, I lived in Palm Beach, the wealthiest town in the world, and everyone is sour and miserable and mm. everyone is quiet and judgy and you know and there 's all these clicks and I was doing a lot of real estate and appraisals in these houses. You wouldn't believe how many shut-ins there are. They live in one bedroom. They may have a staff. They don't go out of the bedroom. They just huh. live in that room. And you couldn't even go in that room. you know. And I would say, I have to go in the room. I'm appraising it. And they're like, well, you can look in. You know, it was like this big ordeal to look into a room. So yes. it's... The more you try and control things, control things out of your reality so you don't feel negative emotion. Mm -hmm. I remember we were on one of those cruises, you and I, and we're walking down from the cruise ship and there's this beautiful yacht there. And someone says, the next Joshua cruise is gonna be on a yacht. Mm -hmm. And I said, the only reason they're on that yacht is to get away from people like us. They're trying to control (laughs) us out of that because that boat that we're on is so much more fun than that yacht. (laughs) You know, we're doing karaoke, we're playing poker, we're we're <laughs> dancing, it was great, oh, mingling with people. So fun. So fun. Yep. Uh, okay, so, how about when we were on the live attraction cruise, um, and we get to that private island? Right. And so, it's this, we're on this big ferry, it takes 45 minutes to get there with a ton of other people, mm-hmm. but... Juan buys us this private part of this, right. this upscale thing mm-hmm. and so we have our rest bands so we arrive there and they we have to get off first so we walk in front of everyone they have a truck that picks us up we give them back a truck and we go to the other side of the island and we have a house and we have a waiter and bartender and all kinds of people there yeah. taking care of us right right and so we're having a good good time and then they say okay it's time to go back we you know it's it's summer in Mexico. It's hot. We mm-hmm. get back on this truck and there's the boat and everyone's sitting in that boat waiting for us. Oh, and they're saying, they're saying, you know, about time you showed up and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the only places on the boat was a front two, um, front two benches up there. So we walk <laughs> through the whole thing, benches, and then you take over the, the, um, radio, they had a boombox there and mm. we just start singing and <laughs> in 10 seconds, this entire boat is having fun. You know, they're all so sour and we just brought our energy of love yep. in there, you know? Yep. Yep. And, and it's funny how we could have said, oh, these people are, don't like us because, you know, we held them up and all this stuff. No, yeah. it, we, it was what it was. We were going to be fun people and <laughs> yeah. we infected the whole group.
0: Yeah, that's right. And remember how, how much we didn't go see the other, you know, because you were you were going to do a performance and yep. and we had other, you know, well, you want to explain the law of attraction cruise, Like they had different people presenting. Yeah, so they
1: had – we went to the first one, right? <laughs> just yeah. – and it was so – it wasn't – we just weren't a vibrational match to because right. it wasn't up to the level that we're that – we're, that we want. Right. And that we're used to. And so we left and then – we decided not to go. We want to have more fun rather than sit in in some seminar. We want to have fun. And we yeah. just want to have fun. And we and, and we felt a little tinge, we all felt a tinge of guilt by not going to them. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, hold on, why would we do something that we're not inspired to do? Right. Right? Right. Just out of courtesy. Well, that's trying to get other people to think we're good. Right. And it's never gonna lead to the outcome that any that's good for anyone, right? Cause they'll just sit there seeing us wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Right. And then you see that none of them showed up for us, nor did, you know, and that was fine, (laughs) but all the other people did and we had a great time. And so if you could take that perspective, like, Oh my God, we have to go there. We have to support them. And then we would just wait, you know, ruin that fun time that we had. We were inspired to do what we did Mm -hmm. and we weren't going to feel guilty about it. We had a great time. And then when they didn't show up for us, that was fine. Yeah. You know, and we had a great time. It didn't bother us. (laughs) We didn't think anything was bad about them, you know? Right. So it's just this perspective that you take when you're aligned with what is truly important and who you really are.
0: Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, doing, doing what feels right and not doing what you think you should. Right. Not doing what you think you should. And then the word being, should being able to process. Up. Yeah. And being able to process that because we had, you know, I had to process that a little bit. I actually asked, that was my question at David Strickle. I went up there and I talked about that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you remember, you know, and they, the answer was pretty much what you're saying. Yeah. Why would you want to do something you don't want to do? Right. But you yeah, know, we, we grew up that way.
1: Well, we were programmed, and we just have to deprogram ourselves. And it's just programming. You know, society wants you to to fit into a box, but you're unique, and you don't have a box to fit into. You need to be who you truly are, and you're always being drawn in that direction. And that's what resistance is. Resistance is to being who you truly are and trying to be something you're not, you know. Joshua has an article called All of Your... Problems stem from you trying to be good. Mm. You know this idea of being good—that's just control. You're just trying to manipulate other people into liking you by right. behaving in a way that you think they will like, yeah. rather than what you're inspired to do. Right. So if you could say—and—and and the the irony is, who you're being in getting them to like you is not who you are. You're being fake anyway. So they don't like you. They that's like right. this version of you that you're putting out there. That's right. And counterintuitively, when you become more authentic, you know, right. people that you knew in the past might have fear about that and have their own manifestation of it, but others will be drawn to you in
0: right. this
1: authentic representation of who you are. Yes. So, you know, when I say uh, I am a preeminent spiritual leader and teacher, I say that so I can, I can get comfortable with who I truly am, Right. Yeah, and yeah, and adding the word "preeminent" in there is that next step. Now, mm-hmm. other people might think that that's cocky or self-aggrandizing, mm-hmm. and it's just for me so that I can be as clear on this exploration as I can. Mm. And so, those people in my past might say, "Who does he think he is now?" Right, right. And all I do is I think that I'm on a journey of exploration Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to discover who I really am. And I'm not saying that this is a, it could be I'm a preeminent chef, you know? And if I was on this journey to discover my talents and attributes as a chef, you know, other people may say you suck as a chef. And other people may say you suck as a spiritual leader, but Mm -hmm. I have to, to allow myself the leeway to go to the heights that are possible instead of holding myself back by worrying about what other people would think, you know? Yeah. I have to allow because I want to experience as much as I can out of this life and I am done limiting myself by these ridiculous limiting beliefs. I love, I love, I really like that. It's the, it's the idea of being what you want now. Well, and I, and I, okay. So, My exploration of being a preeminent spiritual leader teacher is only this call. That's all I care about is this call right now in the moment. I'm not out there trying to get book people and trying to be on other shows and trying to up numbers or any of that stuff. I am simply engaged in the highest level conversation I can think of because it's fun. That's the only reason. I'm not doing one thing that's not fun or exciting or interesting not right. one thing my previous life it was mostly stuff that i didn't want to do and i right. had my own business so i could do whatever i want to do you know and i had enough money so i could do whatever i wanted to do but generally speaking i was doing things just to get more successful and more worthy and it was all about getting more and more money now it's all about what's what's a fun idea oh let's talk to mark shahada that's the funnest thing i can think of doing right now yeah and so we scheduled this and we're having this conversation and i don't care give a fuck if anyone listens to it or not yeah right i don't care i've lost podcasts you know (laughs) someone who's a professional podcaster is not losing podcasts i have (laughs) i have 50 podcasts i can't find you know (laughs) we've had ones that weren't recorded before and it was just as fun you know (laughs) i have no attachment to where this goes i'm just doing it for the fun
0: well, it's actually how it went down is a testament to what you're saying because I texted you something funny and you go, "Hey, what do you what are you doing? You want to do a thing but tomorrow, you know?" I mean, yeah. it was,
1: I, what did I text you yesterday or the day before? Yeah. And yeah. here we are. You texted me yesterday. That was a funny conversation too. <laughs> we can't really talk about that. No. Here. Every time I think about that, I But crack, that's uh, what inspiration inspiration isn't always just coming from inside you. I mean, yeah. it's coming a lot, but it's always coming from these, you know, like this idea to have a podcast with a skeptic that we'll do tomorrow, you just calling and me getting, oh, let's just get on with Mark, you know. <laughs> that's what yeah. this life is like. It's, that's what a, a blended being is. Have you heard that term from Joshua before? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you're so tuned in to who you are that you're receiving inspiration all day long and you're just doing whatever you're inspired to do in the moment, Yeah. You know? And not and not being attached to any idea of it. Yeah. So uh, you so
0: blended being is your <clears throat> your uh, physical self blended with your inner self. Right. Exactly. And and trying to live, I guess, it's living more from you have to. Be, we're always physical, but having actually having the the inner self
1: inform and to guide us. Well we're always receiving inspiration right but generally our belief system is so rigid that the ideas that come to us we dismiss before we even recognize them you right. know or if an idea comes call your mom fear pops up and says oh i have to get on the phone with her she's going to talk about something i want to talk about or bring up this or ask for this or she's going to be busy all that little tiny fear and you say i'll just call her next week right Yeah, but the timing of that inspiration is meaningful because our inner self only acts in the moment, you know? Right. And so that, so if you, and if you do this, you will find that miracles happen when you act on this inspiration. I could have said, Oh, you know, I've done so many podcasts this week and Mark is probably busy, you know, and yeah, whatever. And, but no, I pushed past whatever the fear was and text you back and here we are. And we're having, look, we're on an, an hour already, and it seemed like ten minutes. Oh, we're just flowing. Yeah, <clears throat> and it was it was it was effortless. Why are we flowing, and why is it effortless? Because we have no attachment to the outcome. Mm-hmm. We don't care what each other thinks of each other because we are friends. So we mm-hmm. have this belief that I think you're great, and you think I'm great, right? Yeah. And so you you have no need to make me think better of you because I already think great of you. Right. So I am not attached to any outcome. So there's no wobble in this conversation. And so we're having this spiritual connection right now where you're connected to your inner self, I'm connected to my inner self, and words are just flowing. They're flowing from our inner selves, right? Yes. And there isn't a lot of, there's no gaps in the conversation. There's no Mm -hmm. things we have to think about to keep it going. Yeah, we could go for three hours, I bet, you know, this sort of thing.
0: Now it's interesting because I I have a little bit of, um, not a lot, but a little bit of fear of the gaps. What if we just stop and then what are we going to, you know, what are we going to talk about next type of thing? I don't know
1: if you're even conscious of that, but I'm a little bit conscious of that. Yeah, no, you know, this conversation doesn't have any gaps, right? But even if there was gaps are good in conversation. We're just. I know. I know we man. just have this perception that yeah. gaps are awkward. Yes.
0: Right. Exactly. And Especially I have, have that with conversation or like being being up on stage. And I've worked on that. Like you have. So this idea: you're on stage and you think that if you if you pause, you think that it's so long and everyone's looking at you and you're you're messing up. Well, the idea, like what you just said, a pause is good. Actually, yeah. take a breath. You take a moment. You re- regroup yourself if you need to.
1: And and, what happens, good. Yeah. and you capture the audience's attention That's right. because it's not a normal thing, right? Yeah. So now they're like, oh, what's happening here, right? And they're tuned back in. And generally speaking, audiences are on your side, so they want you to do well. So then when you come in with something else, you're going, oh, he's good. He's back, you know, yeah. and they feel relief and that feels good. Yes. Yeah.
0: But well, let's say it again. What you're saying is really important, I think. And let's 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 say it again. You're talking about the reason why we're flowing and we're having fun is because of we don't have att- attachments. Right. Uh, about how it's gonna go, what people what each other are thinking. And so you can put that idea to anything, the non-attachment to an outcome. To outcome, right? The
1: non-attachment to an outcome. So imagine yeah. this. Here's how In the old approach to life, people would do a podcast, right? They would prepare for it. Right. So they would have topics to talk about. Right. And they would need to stay on these topics. Right. Right. And they would keep it to a certain amount of time because that's what the audience likes they make up in their heads, right? Right. And they have to always be engaging and exciting and interesting so that the audience will stay listening longer So they have more minutes of listening. Mm -hmm. And that they have to say stuff so the audience will tell their friends about it and talk about it. So they have to say wild things or whatever, right? So they have to do all these things in order to create this huge audience. right? And in the the midst of that, it's completely inauthentic. It really is. Right? So you and I are just friends talking about law of attraction because it's fun. Mm -hmm. We have no preparation. We're not editing any (laughs) of this. We could care less if anyone listens to it. We're yeah. only doing it for our fun. And then we'll take 10 seconds to put it online. That's yeah. it, right? And then and other people will even- like it or not like it, and who cares?
0: And we're not even trying to talk about the law of attraction.
1: We're just kind of t- t- flowing and talking. Well, what we are is examples of alignment. And that's, yeah. that's the greatest teaching that anyone can do. You know, We're talking about how we live our lives and what we believe and how it works for us and then people can make up their own minds. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, when's the last time you had a manifestation event? Manifestational event.
1: Okay. So, I had one. <laughs>
0: I always think of Tracy laughing at me. Yeah. I
1: had, oh, I had one a little while ago. God, they la- they're so few and far between now. But I definitely had one the first night of the boot camp when Dylan came in and brought a bong into this. <laughs> For all he knows, is this. Really important business situation. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having one now. As my puppy wants to get out of the room and he can't get out because he's stuck in here. here little puppy. Yeah. So that. So I got really upset, <laughs> yeah. but I just stayed up there, and and luckily Tracy calmed me yeah. down. She didn't get upset at all, and so she talked me through it. And in 15 minutes, it was over. You know. Right. But it felt so intense. That's. <laughs> Okay, puppy, hold on one second. <laughs> so that is not a manifestation event with the dog. We got to right? ha- edit that out for sure. We can't have that. No, it's not a minute. I don't care. It's not a minute. See, if you don't care, you can't have a manifestation event. You can only have a manifestation <laughs> event when you care. <laughs> yeah. You know. So anyway, um, what happens is when you start to feel good, right? then your negative emotion, you really notice it. And so little things happen and you go, oh my God, why do I feel so bad? That's the side effect of feeling good. When you do dip into that lower emotional state of being, it feels so terrible, but that's what you want.
0: You don't want to walk around
1: being numb. That's right. You don't want, that's what I think Prozac does is makes people numb to their emotions. You don't want that. You want to feel it intensely like you did when you were a baby.
0: And, you know, the, what we're talking about how, like, doing what you're supposed to do and doing what you're expected to and, and kind of living a life for uh, other people, what you start to do, that is being numb because you, you start to lose the idea of your sensitivity to not feeling good because you're used to not feeling good. Right. You're not, you know, not doing what you want to do, and you're used to – you slowly sell yourself short in life. Yes. And what you're saying is you – when something bad happens, you want to feel it hard so that uh, you that, get that the means, message. Yeah, you get the message, and that means you're not used to feeling bad. The right? reason why people don't feel it is because they're used to just kind of used to this exactly. over and over
1: again. And then they kind of live with it. Yes. Yeah. They live with it and then they try to avoid it in the future. And they try to they control try to avoid situations it. so they don't feel it. You yeah. know, and that just doesn't work. Yeah it's really interesting. Like, again, I, I bring this
0: up as far as that conversation I had with Joshua or the, the letter I wrote as far as my business and trying to bring in business, you know, and I, I was doing Facebook ads. I don't know how, how long ago was that an hour, think, a year and a half or at least, right? Right. Yeah. And so basically what Joshua said, is, is it fun doing these videos? i like, not really. Don't do it. Don't do it if it's not fun. And so the idea of being an entrepreneur and not doing anything to bring in business, right? Um, and I stopped, and I stopped doing anything to bring in business, and, and I've been the, mo- I've had the most fun, i and I've had the most, and it's been, a, it's been a, a journey, a fun journey, and I'm not saying everything flowed in, but it's the pace has been perfect. Yeah. But you can always feel when somebody is trying to, you know, like sell you a car. Yeah. Go to a car absolutely. dealership. And you don't really want to buy a car from that guy who wants to sell you a car. You want to buy a car from the guy who just gave you information, doesn't give a shit. Right. And so that's kind of a way
1: to live our lives, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you want kind of to buy a car from a guy who's absolutely passionate about cars. Yeah. And he's only there because he loves cars so much. And, and he, he wants to tell about you about it because, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like when people call, you know, I have these conversations about the boot camp. And those are the, one of the funnest things I do is these one-on-one conversations, pretty much like we're having here, uh-huh. and people tell me about their lives, and I explain what the boot camp is and everything, but it's that spiritual connection.
2: Mm.
1: I'm absolutely focused on that person. They're connected to their inner self, their inner self's connected to my inner self, and the words just flow, and they're all different. There's no preparation for it. I have no script. I have no checkpoint of things to talk about. Everyone's totally different. I usually miss a whole bunch of stuff you know, mm-hmm. that I think I should say, right? Mm-hmm. Or that someone who is doing this would say. And we just have this amazing conversation. And what they get is the feeling that it's either right for them or not. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I have no attachment. I'm just there for the conversation because I like to talk about it. And whether they join the boot camp or not doesn't affect my abundance. I'm abundant either way. Mm-hmm. it'll come. I don't need more than I have now. It's all flowing perfectly, right? Yeah. And nor do I care what they think about me because they can't know me. They've listened to me on a podcast or whatever or see me on videos or written, read a book or something. They have their own opinion of me that they can't even imagine what, who I truly am. Mm-hmm. So I don't need that to change what that is. So now mm-hmm. I'm not dipping into fear to guide that conversation either. Right. Mm. I'm just purely connected to source consciousness and to my inner self where the words are flowing specifically for what is important to them. Mm. And I don't even know what that is. I mean, so many times I'll say, tell me about your mother or tell me about your children, you know, and they go, oh, my God, my my relationship with my mother is so strange, blah, 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 blah. How would I know that? Or father? It's these weird things, ideas that come up that direct this conversation. Say this. Talk about that. It's, It's so effective yes. for living life, you know. Yes. When you drop your need for other people to do or be
0: different than they are. Now if you had a script and you had attachment and and you had a pacing of it, you, you know, a preconceived pace, pacing of it, you
1: wouldn't have gotten that spontaneous thing about the mom and Right. Yeah. Yeah. One day I won't be taking these calls. Some other people will be talking about the boot camp, right? Right. And so this year is just me exploring what that's like. And with those calls and with the – we, I have a call with each person in the boot camp. There's three different calls during the boot camp. So this is a one-on-one call just like this, right? Mm-hmm. So over the course of the year, I've had about 500 of those calls. And that's great for my exploration of that dynamic, and I really know how that works. But mm-hmm. I get too, I'll get too busy for that, and in the future, other people will be doing that. And they'll – probably get paid for their success, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If someone joins, they get a commission. And if they don't join, you don't get a commission. Mm-hmm. And how do we figure out yeah. how that works for them? You know, Because right. they will have a different idea of abundance than I have. And I'm sure it's going to come from people who've done the boot camp. So they I have was just a, gonna say that. a different level, right? Yeah. But think about anything that you, you know, that, that you're doing for a commission, you have to be attached to that commission. Think about anyone who's working for a company. They have to be attached to the goals of the company. Yeah. Now I say that's an ineffective way to do it. They should release all attachment to all goals. And if they were able to do that, they could work in an environment of love rather than fear, fear Mm. of not making the quota, fear of not making a deadline, all that stuff. But if you look at it from a perspective of control as the corporation, all you want are people who are just doing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to instill as much fear as you can. If you don't do this, you're fired. You're going to have a review every 30 days. Your raise depends on it, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. That's a control mechanism based in fear. Imagine if you said, you just come in whenever you want to come in, do whatever you're inspired to do and leave whenever you want to leave. Oh, shit. That goes against every bit of programming. And why is that? Because if you're creating a whole system out of fear, you want to instill that fear in everyone in that system so that they do what you want to do. But now there's, there's companies all over the world, and I was just listening to one of them, where they installed a four-hour work week, workday mm-hmm. and they come in at 8... And they leave at 12.30 or something, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you want to come in at 8.30, you can do that, (laughs) right? So whatever you want to do. And then they're they're just like, but you can't have your cell phone and you can't do uh, social media. And what they found is they were exactly as productive as before because what everyone else was doing was going on Facebook and texting and talking on the phone anyway. They weren't really working eight hours. They were there eight hours, but they were only working really four hours productive. And – So everyone was way happier and way they started living this life outside of work, doing their hobbies and passions. And when they came to work, they were inspired. And so they were acting in all this inspired. So they they were tapped into source consciousness. That's right. Rather than fear consciousness trying to. So all these issues in the workplace disappeared, all these tensions, all these inner conflicts, all that disappeared. Yeah, you're getting the best version of them. Yeah. That way. That's what you want. If I were to do a business again, I would only create, I would only hire happy people mm-hmm. and I would create this dynamic of of love. That's why they say really in a work environment, if everyone's working towards a common goal mm-hmm. that's bigger than them, mm-hmm. then that inspires them because they're the, they, like the they're mission creative, their yeah. creative juices flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them. interesting. All of this stuff we're talking about is counterintuitive. Right. But when you test it, it always works. Like Portugal. Portugal decriminalized all drugs, all drugs. Heroin, meth, everything. Mm-hmm. And they've they've shown that the oh, there's a puppy. They've shown the <laughs> the um the results of this has been nothing short of staggeringly successful. Uh. Just no one's you know, the fear is everyone's going to just start yeah. doing drugs. Cause now it's laws. Don't stop people who are going to do things from doing them. You know, yeah. they stop people who aren't going to do things from doing them. You know, <laughs> that's what it, Abraham says that all the time. Yeah. And when you do these counterintuitive things like Portugal do did, you can realize a war on drugs is only going to create from your perspective of the warrior worse conditions. Yeah. And the absolute acceptance of people as they are is only going to create love conditions. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Word, 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 drop the mic. All right. Word. It's been an hour and a half. Uh, Has no really one's been? listening to us now. Yeah. They've no. all, you know, studies show that people only listen for 45 minutes. Or so for the last so, uh, half an hour, yeah. so no one's listening. So it's just been you and me anyway, but this was great fun. Tell everyone where they can find you. Where they can find me. You know what I would do. I, well, I do have a podcast, and
0: it's it's pretty interesting because I haven't released a podcast in so long, so long. But this will be my next my Good. next podcast.
1: I'm going to send you this, and you release it as your next podcast.
0: I'd love that. Yeah, because I haven't been inspired, and I, I I've been busy with other stuff, and that's fine. I don't. I didn't. You know, I didn't pressure myself to. You know, you got to do it once a week, and you got to do it. You know, I didn't do any shoulds. You right. Know? You got to do it when it's fun. Yeah. But you can find me, uh, the tap it out podcast, the tap it out podcast, look that up at anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. Um, it's tap. It's a, it's, it talks about tapping faster EFT tapping and the law of attraction. And also on Facebook. I mean, I do have my website, but I like the Facebook group is a great place and it's, it's tap it out. Yeah. So if you go to Facebook and you search "tap it out," uh, you'll find my group too.
1: Yeah, I love Join my Facebook that. group. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Facebook
0: groups are fun, and and I, like again, I don't do any selling in it. Mm. I haven't done any. I just post stuff that, that I like and that, that's inspiring and that reson, that I resonate with, and it's just growing naturally.
1: Yeah. Have you done um, Instagram? Do you do Instagram?
0: I've done it and I have it,
1: but I haven't done Instagram in a while. Yeah, right, how I about you? Start doing. We're just starting to do it, and it's you know because you got post pictures and stuff from your phone, but all my <laughs> pictures are on the computer. You know. All right. Yeah. All the quotes and things like that. So. Yeah. But, but yeah, apparently you know Instagram is a great thing, and I like doing Facebook, but even Facebook I get it's. Friends of Joshua is the Facebook group and it's easy to post podcasts and things and maybe a quote here and there. And then I'll interact with people who have comments and stuff, but it's, it's not as easy when you're doing so many other things to just get into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. So if you want to um, learn more about Joshua, it's the teachings of Joshua.com. There's our other podcast, which is Joshua live where you can hear me channel Joshua to a group of people and, of course, the uh, Friends of Facebook, uh, friends of Joshua Facebook group. The Friends of Facebook Joshua group. <laughs> the Friends of Joshua Facebook group. Otherwise, that's it. Thank you, Mark, for being here. You're a lovely human being and a master leader and teacher. Mm-hmm. You're a preeminent spiritual leader and teacher. <laughs> and you are, whether you know it or not, you're moving in that okay. direction of self-discovery, discovering who your authentic self is. That's one who is not limited by fear. So don't mm-hmm. be afraid to go to cocktail parties when someone asks you what you do. You say, I am a preeminent spiritual leader and teacher.
0: Mm. And, and then, say, then I'll, be a, I'll be alone in the corner after that.
1: No, they'll say, tell me more. Tell it like, me I think more. he is. No, you got the secret. You had the secret to life. You cannot <laughs> hold the secret to life. You've got to share yeah. that secret. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep, I You know, I do do it in a, you know, I I do do it in a cool way. And I start talking about the tapping. I light up and I talk, talk about the law of attraction. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause you're interested in it and you only attract people who are interested in it. As long as you let go of your fear of what they might think of you. That's right. Yep. I'm working. I'm working. Because it. those people who come to see you, wherever you happen to be, it had nothing to do with law of attraction. They never heard of the words before. You know, you were here with that. That was, like, in December last year when you were here? Yeah. Uh, 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 was About it a year December? ago, right? Yeah. yeah, it was chilly. I, it was December. It started to get cold, yeah. You were here for the, the home tour, which is the early part of December. What would you, would you that call was it? Oh, just the uh, home tour. Remember? Oh, the People home tour, right. The, yeah. Yeah. And so we, were, we went bowling, and then on the way home, we stopped in the wine bar, and that's where we met Chris and Andrea. Right, right. And they never heard the words law of attraction before. And I spent the entire night and then the next day for had them over for dinner talking about the law of attraction. They were fascinated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here they here they are in a little town in Newton, North Carolina. Never heard of law of attraction. I was inspired to go in to put if we were headed home and I just swung in there and you guys like, What are you doing? I said, I don't know. I'm inspired to go in here. So we'll go in there. Everyone's Mm -hmm. there. And then Andrea and Chris joined the boot camp, and had never heard of Joshua. Had no idea what we were doing here in this house. Yeah, they just liked our energy and how we were talking about things, and they wanted to know more.
0: Yeah. So there's a there's a and I know we're, we're we have to we're we're ending this here, but there's an idea of of trust and faith, like of not trying to you know of not trying have like in other words, you can have fun have fun, be light, be easy, and have fun. And then have faith and trust that everything else, everything you want is gonna flow towards you and it's gonna work out. Yeah. That little faith, because we th- that control thing is about, oh, but if I have fun, I'm not getting what I need to get.
1: Yeah, well the control thing is I have to do it myself and the faith thing is realizing the universe is, is way more it. powerful than you are. Perfect. As far as manifestation goes. And the allowing part, the step three part, is maintaining alignment. That's the only job you have. That's Maintain it. alignment. You can do that by being easy, light, and having fun. Elf. Yeah. Right. Word. Elf. Word. That's it. Good way to end. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Gary. Okay. Catch you later. We gotta we gotta meet up in physicality soon. Absolutely. That was fun. Thanks. Okay. Bye now. Bye everyone. See ya. Thanks for joining
0: us on the Tap It Out podcast with Mark Shahada. We hope you enjoyed it. Catch you next time.